Let's pray for the giving, what's being given, and let's pray for the Lord to move through the resting place. Amen. And let's pray for the message today. How about it? Yeah. Okay. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your, the opportunity to partner with your kingdom. He's called us to partner with him, guys, girls. Let's be thankful that we get to play a part. Thank you, Lord, for our part to play in giving, that we can see your kingdom come, your will be done in Tampa as it is in heaven. Nothing less than heaven right here, right now. We want to see peace reign. And so, Lord Jesus, use every dollar. Help us to steward it. Help us to be wise stewards so we can multiply it and see peace come in our city, in our region, in Jesus' name. God, we pray for this message today. We pray for the messenger. We bless him, Lord. We're thankful for him. We say thank you, Jesus, for that guy who's going to talk to us from your word. This is for you, not for me. Thank you so much for him. He's such a gift. That's what the Bible says. It's not my opinion. He's a gift. Thank you for the gift, Lord. Y'all, if you got problems with this, you don't like the Bible. Thank you, Lord, for using him as an oracle of the Lord today. That he would speak as if you are speaking and nothing else, nothing more. Lord Jesus, we need to hear your word today. We need to hear your voice today. King Jesus, speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to welcome our microsites also. I keep forgetting to do that. Our microsites watching online all around the United States. Um, our Germany microsites on a break because they're traveling. But we just can we say hi to them? Can you clap and say hello? We love you. We bless you. You're with us. And today we are going to bring some freedom to the conversation of tithing. <gasps> tithing. Dun, dun, dun. We're doing this series called Family Business. We're talking about, we're answering the question, is the church a business? And the short answer is no, but it is the family business of God to build people. We're here to big, build big people. Are you with me? All right. And, you know, we got to keep the lights on and all that stuff. That's true. But that's not the point. The building isn't the point. The people transformed, changed, whole. That's the point. Are you with me? Okay, so that's the family business of God. And there's a lot of conversation in church, if you've been in church for any period of time, around this word, tithe, tithing. What is that? What, to tithe or not to tithe? That is the question, right? To tithe or not to tithe? Should we tithe in the New, the New Testament? What even is the tithe? That's what we're talking about today. You picked, you, you got the lottery here, all right? You're like, oh, man, I was waiting for a America message or freedom. I'm going to bring you freedom today to the tithe. You're going to walk out free on this subject. You are. If you have ears to hear it, but if you don't want to hear it, that's fine. Be bored for 25 minutes. It's cool. I'm fine. I'm not even mad about it. Like you're free. You know, I lead free people. I have no desire to control you. So you can tune me out like this. I don't think it's a good idea, but you might. So whatever. This is part of leading free people. I refuse to control you. I just refuse. Is that okay? Do you want the other thing? Good, because I can't even turn it on. I don't know how to do it. Makes me sick. Tithe. The word tithe literally means 10%. Say 10%. You cannot tithe 30%. Okay, I know people, you know, increase your tithe. Go 20% on your tithe. I'm like, it's impossible. You can't 10%, 30%. You can't 10%, 5%. A tithe is 10. It means 10. Okay? Just want to put that out there, right there. So 
If you give more than 10%, it's technically, biblically speaking, an offering, all right? But it's not a tithe. Are you with me? Just want to throw out some basics here because that drives me nuts. People say that. I'm now tithing 45%. First of all, you're telling me about it, so it's ruined. Just don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Secondly, you can't do math. So I'm not sure you're actually doing 45% because you think you can tithe 45 Anyway, all right. So it needs to be 10% if it's a tithe. Are you with me? Okay, just very simple. And here's some, uh, some steak. We're going to grill up some. Like I said, it's a good day for a barbecue. Sacred cows here around the tithing idea. Some say this. They say we need to give. And oh, by the way, for the next few minutes, nobody amen anything. You might get in trouble, all right? No amening. You might amen at the wrong moment, and you don't even have to agree with me, but I'm saving you the embarrassment. Just don't amen anything for a second, all right? Because you might amen this statement, but it is not a good statement. Some say we need to give God 10% of our money, and I say you're ignorant because it's all God's money. I need to give God 10% of what's mine. You're in deception. You're deceived into thinking you have something that doesn't belong to him. Your bank account is God's bank account. You're his money manager. You manage God's bank account. How you doing? <laughs> right? <laughs> Help me, Lord. <laughs> Listen, it's all God's money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hill. Find something he doesn't own. I love this joke. I tell it all the time. It's one of my favorites about the scientist and God having a sandcastle contest. If you've heard it before, just laugh again like you've never heard it, okay? <laughs> sandcastle contest. The scientist challenges God to a sandcastle contest, says, I can build a sandcastle just as good as you. I have intellect. I have machines. I can do it just as good as you can, God. I can do it. And God goes, okay, challenge accepted. Are you ready? And he says, yeah. And they go, three, two, one, go. And they start to dig. God says, uh-uh, get your own sand. That's my sand. I was going to use it. It's mine. Get your own. We need to give God 10% of what's ours. It's all his. So we can't even start the conversation that way. I know this is going to disrupt a lot of your churchianity. I'm grateful for that. Some say egregious Totally sick stuff like this. I've heard this in the last 10 years from the pulpit, not just when I was younger. I've heard it in my hearing. I was in the room, almost threw up. They say, if we don't tithe, God will take it out in medical bills. Has anyone heard that before? Yeah, 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 thank God. That, they say it, people say it. Christians, preachers. I would argue that those people do not know the Father. Listen, you can be saved, you can have salvation, and not know the nature of the Father. I'm just getting to know a little glimpse of his nature. So, hello? Listen, you can be a preacher and not know the heart of the Father. You can say true stuff. Someone can take a Bible and speak the truth up here and not know the person. You know what the Bible calls them? Wolves in sheep's clothing. Yeah, it's a very, it can happen. It can happen. 
So I say that person is treating God more like the Godfather than God the Father. It's like my buddy Jim, he says it's like paying off Guido. It's hush money to Guido, you know? It's like paying off the mafia so he doesn't come and break your legs. That's how some people treat God. They say it. But listen, that's gross because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God comes to bring life and life abundantly. Amen? But God does not steal. God does not take. I'm going to get on my, I'm gonna, here, we'll call this my soapbox. I'll get on my soapbox for a second here. Might have to adjust the camera angle on the, on the soapbox. I'll get off in a second. Stop saying things like, though he slay me, yet I will praise him. Stop saying things like he gives and takes away. Those are both from Job in his ignorance when he thought God was taking from him, but God cleared it up at the end and said, even though you, devil, made him think I was taking from him, he will not curse me. You have no right to say, yet though he slay me, yet I will praise him. You have no right. He doesn't slay. He doesn't kill. You have no right to say he gives and takes away. Stop singing the song. Because Job said it in his ignorance. You have no right to say that. You can say, he gives and takes away my shame. He gives and takes away my sin. You can add that. You can do that. But you can't say he gives and takes away. Soapbox over. He gives. Some say that the New Testament does not require any kind of giving or tithing. No requirement. It's taught. It's taught. It's taught. I'm just saying. I say that is partially true, but the, because the early church did not give 10%. You won't find a scripture in the New Testament that says give 10%. You won't. You want to know why? Because they were giving everything. <laughs> so you're like, the Bible doesn't teach, the New Testament, we're New Testament Christians. It doesn't teach 10%. Like, you're right. Let's go with your, let's follow that to the logical conclusion. What does it teach? 100%. Let's keep it 100, bro. Get yourself in order. You are out of line. <laughs> Unless you give all. If that's the command, if that's the rule, if you're going to make it a rule, that's the only rule there is. Give all. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, I think I like my 10% a little better. <laughs> Listen, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8. This is where we get our statement on giving. It's directly out of the scripture. It says, each one must give. Say, each one must give. It starts with that. We're talking to the church. Each one must give. You, if you're a Christian, you don't have to give here, but you need to give. Okay, two people said yes. If you're a Christian, if you belong to the church, you don't have to give here, but you need to give. Each one must give. Give. That's not even the message paraphrase. That's the English standard version. Okay. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Oh, no one can tell you what to give. I can't tell you how much to give. You have to decide in your own heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. That ruins 90% of the offerings taken on Sunday morning right there. Anyone ever given reluctantly or under compulsion? Come on. Don't be afraid. I have. Absolutely. Controlling you, manipulating you. Come on. It's a real thing. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work. Man, that sounds like a good plan. Right? When Jesus is your business partner, you're doing all right. 
like, it's almost like whatever you give to God is like the franchise partnership with the best Jewish businessman ever. Okay? All my business people love that one just now. All grace abound to you. Who wants that? Anybody? Okay, a few of you. The rest of you are lying. Okay. Having all sufficiency. Who wants that? Meaning you always have enough. Anybody? In all things at all times. Every season. Hello? You, and you may abound in every good work. Anybody? Okay. Well, you must decide in your heart what to give. I don't need the tithe. That's, that's old covenant. That's legalism. God's going to bless me. Yes and no. Hello? Whatever you sow, you will reap. You sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. That still is a New Testament thing. Okay? So, the New Testament does not require 10%. No, we're going to get to where that comes from in just a second. But it does say each one must give. That's why we believe in 100% participation. Okay? Got it? If this is your house, you should give. Here or somewhere. If you're a Christian, you should give. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay? I don't know who gives what. That's one of my privileges here. I have an amazing team who does that for me. I just know what we have, not who gave it. I never known. I don't look. It's awesome. Because you know what would happen? I said this last week in Wesley Chapel. If I knew what Aaron gave, Aaron would walk in and there'd be a number above his head. Because I have a photographic memory. I do. That's how I know the Bible so well. I can see it. It's on the left side of my Bible, bottom part. I can see it. It's a picture in my head. I would see that number as a picture above his head. I don't want the aggravation of seeing it go up, seeing it go down. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want to treat Aaron according to what he gives. And I know myself. Is that okay? Is it okay that I'm immature in some ways? I know it's just me. So just making sure some say they quote Malachi and say, we need to bring in the whole tithe into the storehouse so that the windows of heaven will open. Well, did you know that in order to qualify for the windows of heaven to open over you? I'm sorry if the shoe fits, kick it off. If you taught this, so did I. No judgment in order to qualify for the windows of heaven to jump open over you. You have to be cursed. It starts with a curse. It's reversing a curse. So you have to start cursed. I'll prove it to you. Malachi 3, 7 through 10. This is uh, God speaking. It says, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. He's talking about the law of Moses. Return to me and I will say to you, says the Lord of hosts. But how, I'm sorry, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. And that's where everybody cuts that out, and they start reading right here. They forget all that, and they start quoting right here. It's giving time. Let's bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Just ignore the context completely. It's a problem. After he says, you are cursed with a curse, for you're robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. If you want the windows of heaven to open for you, you have to start in disobedience. You have to start cursed. <laughs> Here's my question. Listen, are you seated with him in heavenly places? 
Anybody know that verse? I say it like every week, Ephesians 2, 6 through 7. Are you in the household of God? Yeah? Are you like on the throne with him, seated in Christ? Yeah? You're in the house? Why do you need the windows to open? Just think for a second. If you're in the house, you don't need the windows to open. That'd be like losing. If the windows open, things would fly out. Like, take care of your windows. Elsa is coming, sort of, I don't know, whatever. It would be like, you know what I'm saying? Why do you need the windows of heaven to open when you're in heavenly places? That puts you down here and him up there. That's an unbelieving. It's an old covenant paradigm. It was the law of Moses. They were not doing what he said to do. It was the law. It is a new, it is an Old Testament thing. And they were robbing him. They were disobedient. And therefore, they needed to obey and let God bless them. Are you following me? But Jesus has broken that curse. He's broken that curse and every other curse. Come on, Galatians 3, 10 through 14 says, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and not do them. And do them, rather. Are you hearing this right here? Listen, you can't cherry pick the law. You can't choose the tithe, but forget that you have to stand when a gray-haired man walks into the room. Hello? I got some grays. You're supposed to stand when I walk in. You can't say, oh, we can't have tattoos, but we need to tithe. It, it doesn't make any sense. That's both the law, that one, actually. You know, if you're going to follow the tithe of the old covenant, if you're going to follow that as a law, you can't sit in the chair that a woman has sat in during her menstruation period. Did you know that? We got to throw all these chairs away. New chairs. Like, I don't know, every month, every four months. I don't know. That's what it says. You're mad about my tattoos. Well, you're wearing a clothing with two types of thread in it right now. To be obedient, you'd all have to get naked. Right now, you're all lawbreakers. Check your shirt. It's got two types of thread in it. That's against the law of Moses. Same thing as the tithe. Same context. Same law. Same statutes. Hello? You can't cherry pick it. It says, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by, help me, faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Curses everyone who hangs on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. That's us, the non-Jewish people. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Jesus has absolved the curse that was on the people of God for robbing him in tithes and offerings. I'm like a lawyer today. I'm making a case. All right. I'm going to talk now about the faith principle of the tithe. Because there's only one way to tithe. It's by faith and not out of fear. Tithing by faith and tithing by fear are very different things. So there's this thing called the principle of first mention. Say first mention. I talk about this a lot because it's that important. Whenever something's first mentioned in the Bible, it becomes the authority on the subject. Are you following me? Yeah, it becomes the authority. That first mention 
is the thing that sets the tone for everything else. Everything else is judged by that first mention. Whatever's written first, yeah? Everything else is judged by that, okay? So it's a good idea to ask, what is the first mention of the tithe? Most people don't even know. We have no idea. It's actually Genesis 14, and it's Abram with Melchizedek. Let's read it. Genesis 14, 17 through 20. It says, talking of Abram, after his return from the defeat of I don't know, and the kings who were with him. I didn't go to Bible school. I started two of them, but I never went to one, so forgive me. <laughs> the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Sheva. I'm sorry. That's the king's valley. And Melchizedek, different kings say Melchizedek. King of Salem brought out bread and wine. This is not the king of Sodom. This is the king of Salem. All right. The king of Salem, Melchizedek, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God most high. Hold up. There is no priesthood yet. This is Abram. Moses hasn't come. The law hasn't been given. How is this guy a priest of the most high? Hmm. Mysterious. And Melchizedek blessed Abram. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. First mention of the tithe, 10%, right there. Do you notice what isn't there? Like Melchizedek saying, hey, you owe me 10% of those spoils of war. He's like, none of that. Didn't tell him. He just responded. In Hebrews 7, 1 through 4, it says, this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him and said to Abraham, or and to Abraham, apportioned a tenth, I'm sorry, and to him, Abraham apportioned a tenth of everything. He is first, by translation of his name, king of righteousness. He is also king of Salem, that is king of peace. He's without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the son of God, he continues as a priest forever. Now, just say, say this with me. This will just couch it really gently. Say, this is Caleb's opinion. Say, Caleb's opinion. I'm submitting to you my opinion because this is split and people get really upset about it and we're live streaming. I'm being kind. This is Caleb's opinion. Say Caleb's opinion. Melchizedek is Jesus. That's my opinion. That this is a pre-incarnate Christ. Who else does that list describe? King of righteousness, king of peace, without father, mother, no beginning, no end. A priest forever. There's only one high priest who lives forever. That's my opinion. Okay? People are split on this. But I'm making that point on purpose. Abram tithed in response to the anointing he encountered on Melchizedek. He responded, I believe this to be a manifestation of Christ. He responded to Christ, not to man. No one told him to do it. It was a faith response to the anointing of God. He discerned, this is, this is, maybe he knew, maybe he didn't. But this man is worthy of a tenth of what I have. That's a faith-based tithe. Abraham, if I'm right about this, gave straight to Jesus before there was ever a mention of giving 10% to anybody. Are you following me? This is the first mention of the tithe. The second mention of the tithe is Jacob. There's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't know what Isaac was doing, but Jacob, just kidding. He was enjoying that. He never left the promised land, so there's that. Anyway, Jacob also gave a tenth. This is the second mention, okay? It's in Genesis 28. We're not gonna read it just for time. Genesis 28, 16 through 22. This is right after he has... The Stairway to Heaven encounter, if you didn't know that song, all that Stairway to Heaven stuff, that's from the Bible, the Bible thing. Anyway, 
<laughs> Led Zeppelin didn't come up with that or whatever, you know. Sorry. Why, Caleb? Anyway, Jacob <laughs> encounters God. He says he sees angels ascending and descending. He has this mighty encounter. He wakes up. He says, God was in this place and I didn't even know it. He builds an altar to God. Go to the very last slide, Jimmy. And he actually says, all my life, all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. That's the second mention of the tithe. He gave straight to Yahweh. He had an encounter with Yahweh. So tithing must be a faith response, not a fear response. The first mention of the tithe, they responded in faith to the anointing they encountered. And God gave to them first. God gave Abram the victory over those kings. He tithed out of the spoils of war. Yeah. God gave, and Melchizedek brought Abram bread and wine. That's the word and the spirit. These are prophetic pictures. God gave first. He said, here's bread and wine. He didn't say, give to me. He said, I'm going to give to you. Yeah. And he gave him a blessing. Thank you, Aaron. Good, great point. He gave him bread and wine and a blessing. Before Abram did anything, Abram responded to what he was given. This is the proper way to think about tithing. It needs to be a heart response to what God has given you. It needs to be a faith response. Jacob responded after God gave him an encounter. God showed him the heavens open. Come on. How many want that encounter? Like you go to sleep and you see angels ascending and descending. Come on. Absolutely. Yeah. You're like, well, we shouldn't pray for that. Find me the scripture says you shouldn't pray for an encounter. It says eagerly desire the spiritual thing, spiritual gifts. That's what it's, the word eagerly desire is actually lust, lust after spiritual gifts. <laughs> Just saying. Abram responded to Jesus, my opinion. Jacob responded to Yahweh. I'm not sure how he, how he like got the tenth to Yahweh. Of everything. I'm not sure. Maybe he just did burnt offerings and burned it up. Scott's got a funny joke about that. You can ask him about it later. Because I don't want to ruin it right now. But anyway. He gave straight to Yahweh. So your giving should not be responding to man. Any tithing responding to man is inappropriate. If we're to take the first mention principle to the bank here. Are you following me? It needs to be the authority. So here's the bottom line. If you tithe. Let it be by faith from cheerful conviction of the Holy Spirit, not by compulsion or in order to have the windows of heaven open over you, because that would be resolving a curse that's already been resolved. You are free right now to respond to the Lord in faith. You are free right now to respond to the Lord in faith. Come on. This is important. And the only reason. The only reason we can give anything to God is because he's given everything to us. It's all his, the breath in your lungs. He breathed that into you. You're giving him back the breath he gave you. When you come in here and worship and you sing, you're giving him back the melody he gave you. It's all from him. It's not yours. My money. Are you kidding me? The minute you start seeing it all from God, you start to manage it a little different. Like, is the Lord pleased with the, me buying this Taco Bell? <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> God, are you pleased with me buying that car? Does it please you? And it could. 
Yeah, I want to bless you with this nice car. Okay, I'm going to use your money to do it. Do it. Hello? Come on. Would you stand? I'm going to have Gigi come up and our prayer team come up. And I want you all, this is our time where we're going to respond to the Lord, okay? I want everyone here and everyone watching to know one thing really clear, really clear. Are you ready? I want everyone here to know that God is a giver, not a taker. Say it with me. God is a giver, not a taker. God gave himself up for you by coming to the earth and dying at the hands of the Roman government. Jesus is God. I'm going to say that and wait until there's amens. I'm just, it bothers me that there's not an automatic response there. I'm not judging you. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And he came as a baby, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, never doing anything wrong, and then gave his body and his blood for you to forgive you. And because he gave his body, we can live. We're brought to newness of life. Not only that, that wasn't the end of the story. He didn't stop giving there. He then rose from the grave. Someone say amen. And he ascended into heaven and he gave the Holy Spirit. He can't help himself but give himself away. That's who God is. If you have never given your life to Jesus, and receive the Holy Spirit. It's this simple today. Respond to what he's given you. He has given you life. It's time to give him that life back. And guess what? If you lose your life for his sake, you'll actually find it. <laughs> it's this beautiful scandal of grace. You receive the gift of salvation by giving him your life. And you receive righteousness, not just trying to be right on your own. You receive peace not just trying to keep the pieces together. You receive joy, not just putting a smile on and getting through it. Righteousness, peace, and joy by the way of the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is believe Jesus is God and turn from the destructive ways of the world. The world will tell you, you should just take and take and take. The world will tell you that your fulfillment is in what you get. Ask anybody who got everything they ever wanted if they filled the God-sized hole in their heart. It didn't. It won't. You can gain the whole world and be depressed. You can be mean. You can be broken. Ask anybody. Ask anybody who gained everything they ever wanted. Nothing can fill the God-sized hole in your heart. So today, I plead with you. I beg you. If you're here, receive the gift of salvation. Receive it. He wants to give you. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you himself. His spirit is not what you've been told. It's not common. Lay your life down and obey and sign up for the church and serve. And it's God imploring you, please take me. I want to give you myself. I want to give you my love. I want to give you my joy. I want to fulfill your heart. I want you to have true peace. Please let me give it to you. This is the Lord. This is the word of the Lord today. Please receive my love. Please receive my gift of joy, of righteousness. Stop trying to do it on your own. It's breaking you. I hate watching it break you. 
I hear the Lord say, I hate watching you try to live on your own. I hate watching you stress over money. I hate watching you try to figure it out. I have all the answers. I have everything you need. Please let me be your father. Please. He wants to give you true freedom today. now and free for eternity both so we're going to respond I want everybody close your eyes respond to the Lord not to me we're going to sing this song you can sing it out you can pray you can come to the altar right now and receive that gift do not wait don't wait if you've never received the Holy Spirit if you've never received the gift of salvation, what are you waiting for? All you have to do is come. Come to this team right now. If you have received it, but you're bound, you're not free, you're bound by addiction, you have a pain in your heart that you need God to heal, come to the altar right now. Don't wait. Come right now. Move your feet right now. Do not wait. If your marriage fights about money, more than anything else. Get down here. Get the prayer of agreement. Humble yourself before the Lord and receive from God. Respond to the Lord. Yeah, come on. I got love, joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Let's sing it out. If you're watching online, say, I want Jesus. Come on. We have a team online right now ready to talk with you. Come down to the altar. Grab somebody's hand. Receive prayer. Come on. Bless you. Receive the Lord. Receive healing. Receive restoration. Don't wait. Get your feet moving. He wants to give you the gift. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord.
Lord, your goodness is unfathomable. Your goodness will never run out. You are the one who gave to us, and we are here to give you back everything you gave to us. Lord, we live for your glory. And Holy Spirit, I ask right now, anyone who doesn't know you, by the power of your Spirit, don't let them leave the premises until they come down and receive prayer. Anyone who's lost and doesn't know you, do not let them leave. Anyone who's broken and needs prayer, do not let them leave. Holy Spirit, pull them to the altar. And Jesus, as we walk out of here, help us, Lord, to have an ever-growing faith response to you. In response to what you gave, we want to respond. Help us to respond rightly. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. Gigi's going to play a little longer. We're going to pull up these lights. If you didn't respond or you're waiting, please stay. This prayer team will be here. In fact, we're going to bring a couple more prayer team people down so we can have others come in. Don't leave if you need prayer. Hug somebody. Bless the Lord. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Get your kids from TRP Kids. Or just sit and receive. Go to Fresh Start, but this is how we're in it. Have a great day. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week. Bless you.